0: So you often hear me talking about belonging and how business is about belonging and business is about belonging because life is about belonging. So the past couple of episodes, we've been in this belonging series where I've been focusing on chatting with you about practical ways that you can make more of the people you serve, particularly those um, consumers from underrepresented and underserved communities, to feel like they belong with you. But for many people, belonging can feel elusive, and they're not really exactly sure what it feels like, what it looks like in practice. So for this episode, I thought it would be really cool to hear firsthand from people, and these are all people who have been guests on the show, Um, previously. So you should recognize some of their voices. I thought it would be helpful for you to hear actual stories of belonging of different people from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different lived experiences, identities, to hear what their experiences, specifically with different brands that stuck with them because they felt seen, supported, and like they belonged. So after this short break, you're going to hear from several of my previous guests. Have succeeded in their fields. I like listening to this podcast because I like hearing from a broad diversity of voices and hearing from and learning from their experiences. One episode I'm super excited to dive into is the latest one Lead Generation Journey with Glenville Dixon Jr. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your
1: podcasts. First time this happened uh, was a Nike ad, which has done, you know, Nike has done great work. no brand is perfect, so this is not like I have 100% support in Nike all the time, et cetera, thing. but they did a Lunar New Year ad, which was you could tell that at the very least they consulted deeply with people that came from the Asian-Canadian or Asian-North American, you can say, community, which I'm from, because it put into perspective the exact feelings and the exact um, – Reactions that we were conditioned to have, et cetera, at that age, when it came to this tradition of uh, red pocket money or lyc or something—I don't know um, uh, what the English term for it is—but like I think it's red packet money or something like that. Okay. So the tradition is that elders and there's specific rules for this, but uh, people from the older generations give the younger generation red packet money, and as part of the, you can say, ritual. Is that when someone from the older generation gives it to you, like almost anything like a gift, you're supposed to kind of reject it first. It's not a real rejection, (laughs) but you're supposed to say, you know, no. And then they insist and then you take it. Or there are certain, you know, schools of thought too, and um, where it's like you, well, when you reject it, it's a sign of respect, right? Because, anyways, it doesn't matter. I won't go into it, but you're supposed to reject it and then, you know, they insist and everything like that. So, it was really funny because this commercial took it to an extreme and they were promoting, you know, their shoes and runners or something like that. So they tied that in really well where this aunt is giving a younger child red pocket money and she's supposed to say like, no, don't want it. Uh, I don't want it. She insists. And instead of, you know, eventually accepting, she Runs away. She's like, no, I don't <laughs> want to accept it. Like, it never goes that far. At yeah. least not in my family. Uh, it was not like that. It's supposed to say, yes. No, I'm like, no, no, no. Yes, okay, thank you. Thank you so much, you know. And then you say, you know, um, anyways, you, yeah, you're you supposed to say it. in the It doesn't matter. I won't go through all the details of it. But that rejection acceptance. So she runs away in the commercial and um, <laughs> she's running away because she doesn't want to accept it. And the aunt is eventually buys... Nike shoes and they're chasing each other and they're chasing each other and getting older and older. And it's just so funny because it sounds like so silly, but I felt so seen when I I saw that because never would I see a Nike commercial really understand my culture, right? Like a Nike commercial around gift giving would be like, from what I understand of Western traditions, or I guess you can say from what I would assume, like say like a Christmas commercial where there's gift giving What Mm -hmm. are some ubiquitous? Not ubiquitous. What are some common things that happens when you receive a gift? You go, uh, "Thank you." It's like from Santa or something. You know, whatever they say, and then they'll like shake the box. You know, those types of things. But it was kind of to that same level where it felt like I was so seen because never have I seen a Lunar New Year ad really depict exactly the type of customs and traditions and things that I grew up. Having so, uh, yeah. though it was a more extreme level, I would never run away like you know yeah. they ran until yeah. there was like she had grown up. It was so funny, but I just felt like so seen, and I was like, you would never, without having that lived experience, you couldn't really read that in a but Like, like you couldn't really, really read that and go, yeah, I know how to create a script around this. You like, there's something that you can feel when people were truly consulted and truly had a voice or behind a piece of content that you know that lived experience was part of it and that was one of those first times where I was like wow that that was yeah it made me emotional that's how how ridiculous it was it was like a one minute commercial maybe 30 seconds even and it made me emotional because it was like wow I feel seen by this you know global company that's really just trying to sell me shoes but yeah I respect that I believe you can make money make profit whilst doing good things and helping people be seen and yeah so that was the that was one that was great
2: so we've talked about this before, and I think the last time we chatted, I had a different example. But today, as I was making <laughs> my coffee, I had another realization. I was thinking about how much I love this coffee. This is Nespresso coffee. Okay. I don't know if you've had, had it before. I mean, it looks like something from a uh, coffee shop, right? Like it looks yes. incredible. Yes. machine. So Nespresso is an Italian brand. Um, but it's definitely marketed towards Americans. So it's very much, you know, works like a Keurig, but the the coffee is like really high quality and fabulous. So I felt very included um, (laughs) because I'm a lazy American. I don't want to get like a mocha out or drip coffee or all these things that my partner and many of my European friends do to like grind the beans and all this stuff. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, put my coffee, but I want it to be fabulous. And so they made a product for me, where <laughs> high quality European coffee with low effort. And I was sold right away. So
0: oh, I love it. I love it. Like this definitely goes back to customer intimacy and knowing <laughs> um, the unique needs of the people that you're serving and what it is yes. that they want and they need. Right. So I love it. I love it.
3: There is an underwear brand here in Australia who have done a, a years-long campaign, like over several years, a campaign around degendering their underwear.
4: Wow. And
3: they released a line of underwear that was degendered and they hired all non-binary models for nice. that campaign. So everyone who was wearing the underwear was non-binary, and they were essentially saying, like, you can wear this or you can wear that. It doesn't really matter. And so that in and of itself, I loved. Then when I actually went on their website, because I've been following them for a long time and and really, it, they're a very large brand. I'll, I'll name them. They're, they're, the brand is Bonds. So if okay. anyone in Australia is listening, Bonds, like you'll know it. it's a household name. And I went on their website and I saw, I went to like, you know, buy some underwear and there was, I can't remember whether it was in the drop-down menu or if it was in the description, but somewhere, oh, no, it was the button to purchase. And the button Uh said, buy men's underwear. I was like, wait, Uh wait, wait, you've just done this whole campaign around the (laughs) fact that this is de-gendered underwear and your button says buy men's underwear. And I put a thing up on Instagram and I called them out. I tagged them. I said, Hey, hang on. (laughs) You're doing this campaign. You're trying to be gender inclusive. And you've got this button and within an hour they had contacted me directly and said, we are so sorry, we're getting this fixed. And then like a couple hours later, I got another message. This has been fixed. It, oh, it doesn't have that anymore. Fantastic. And so they, they, they were just on it. And that same day, cause then it got me thinking, I'm like, I wonder who else is doing this sort of thing. And Calvin Klein was doing, this was during Pride. So Calvin Klein was doing a Pride collection and they it wasn't as explicitly like this is gender neutral, but they just said right. celebrate who you are. But at the top of their campaign it's like men's clothing and women's clothing, like yeah. those words. And I'm like, this is you've not done the work. And yeah. and so I, I just contrast the two of like bonds have really done the work, they made a mistake and then fixed it quickly. Right. Uh, and then someone like Calvin Klein, it's like, I called them out as well, heard nothing from them. There was no <laughs> change, you know? So yeah, I, it then builds just this level of loyalty to bonds. Right. To be like, oh, I want to support any, any work that you do in this space because it's really important and you speak to me.
4: I mean, there's a lot, I think the, a lot of CPG brands are doing this now um, where they're putting different different people of different walks of life like on their imagery. But I will say growing up, As an Asian American, first generation, I didn't really see myself at all in media, whether it's advertising or any type of media. But I will say that when I went to Canada, when I was a diplomat, I went to Canada. I'll never forget when I arrived at the airport, the person who took my passport, she had a headscarf. I don't think I've ever seen anyone at TSA wearing a headscarf, you know. And so when I went to Canada, I saw how they not only had racial diversity, but there was a level of integration that we don't have in the US. I think in the US, we're still very segregated. So that was just like, whoa. And then when I saw like all of their commercials and like at the bus stops, it was people of all different races and, you know, queer. And it was just like, it was very clear that there was a level of integration that it wasn't here. So, you know, I I will say that that really stuck out to me. And I, I think. We're getting better at it now. I think there's a lot of there's like for example like Marriott and like all of those hotels like they're I think they're trying to be more inclusive, but I also think that there's a difference between really putting your you know money to your values and or just using performance allyship right of like oh this is cool so I'm gonna have this one token
5: black yeah. person
4: in my photo which we've yeah. all seen yeah. before too so. absolutely
5: oh my gosh yeah and it's funny I wrote about this. Um, in one of my first editorials for Ad Week, the Voices section ended 2021. Um, and I think the piece was called The Top Inclusive Marketing Moments of 2021 or something like that. But I start out by telling the story of Dove, Dove's Real Beauty campaign. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my early 20s, So I won't say almost 20 years ago, but that would be factual if I were to say it. Um, I remember seeing the, real, the first Real Beauty campaign where they had women of different sizes actually on television showing the fullness of their bodies, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a weight loss commercial. Yeah. And it wasn't like some sort of a making fun of them. Yeah. And it was about celebrating them. I've never seen anything like that in my life. That instantly made me feel a greater sense of belonging in the world. That had a powerful effect on my lack of presence, um, not my lack of, on my, uh, on the extent of my presence and self confidence. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's something really powerful about seeing yourself reflected positively in media when you never have before.
0: Yeah. Talk about responsible marketing is that the impact that brands have on the way that people feel about themselves. It might not always be a direct thing, but
5: it, it's definitely there. <laughs> I mean, and if you go into my, you know, bathroom pantry, if that's a thing, I kind of have one of those videos. You're going to see Doug all over the place because yeah. they won the heart of that moment. Yeah. And when it comes to especially commoditized categories, that's all you have. Yeah. Is the opportunity to win people's hearts and minds. Absolutely. And, and they nailed it with that.
0: Finding a service solution that helps you better connect with customers and keep them happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you just met at a networking event. Was it Ron or could it be Don or John or Sean? Yeah, that kind of impossible. HubSpot's all new service hub can help. Well, with the service solution part, at least. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform for the first time ever. With an AI powered help desk and an AI chatbot that handles frontline tickets fast. Plus it comes with a customer success workspace that helps reps anticipate customer needs and a full 360 view of every customer so your go-to-market team can keep a pulse on accounts before trying to upsell or cross sell. Also you can scale support and drive retention and revenue. And you know what that means? Better service and happier customers at every stage of the journey. Visit hubspot.com/service to do more for your customers today. Absolutely. I still remember that campaign. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I'm going to go a little broader. So, just, you know, a brand that comes to mind that I think is in a really good job of changing their own narrative to be more inclusive is Barbie. Yes, the Barbie movie is coming out and there's lots of thoughts on that but just talking about the dolls for a minute themselves, the actual Barbie dolls um, one could say were problematic before in terms of the what they depicted for women and girls and uh, body shape and skin color and hair color etc. And you know that's, I don't know the dates but I'm going to say like the 90s and before that and more recently, what Barbie's done is just so compelling to see the inclusive Barbies they've created, yeah. both around professions and Barbie has hundreds of careers and some are STEM and science based. And um, they've used real role models, I think, as well to create Barbies named after them or emulating who those individuals that are influential and amazing have been. But then I think it was earlier this year that they actually, and I think it probably got lost with all the Barbie Hugs right now. They announced their first doll with Down syndrome and how important that was to that community. They actually worked with the Down Syndrome Society, the National Down Syndrome Society, again, bringing that community in to build a product to actually represent and reach a a group who wasn't seeing themselves in these dolls and mirroring society because Barbie is iconic. And finding a way to make so many communities feel like they belong. It's just an exciting brand journey that I've gotten to look at from the outside. Um, And played with Barbies myself when I was a kid. I didn't have these selections. So that's one that's made me feel hopeful, especially as a mom myself. I've been more interested to see how brands have evolved over time when it comes to children and getting inclusive mindset in children if I'm an early age.
0: Yeah. I played with Barbies myself and my selection was not quite very diverse, but Luna loves Barbies. She's got a a bunch of them and she's got quite the selection. Right. Um, So I think that it, it is really a wonderful thing to see and just thankful that, you know, like our children's generation will grow up with this variety, right, um, and diversity. So I think it's beautiful. I even saw last year, I think they had a, a Barbie with vitiligo, right? Like, so from who's got, like, different skin, like, their skin looks different. And I was just like, this is, they're they've covering a lot. So I think it's great.
6: Absolutely. I think another children slash nostalgia brand that's making people feel be- like they belong is Crayola. And I actually had the opportunity when they were a client of mine at a previous agency that I worked at to help launch Color of the World Crayons, which is the pack of crayons that has skin colors that go beyond the traditional peach looking nude color. Yeah, And that's one where professionally really bringing my interests personally and what I do from an inclusive marketing perspective was... The highlight of my professional career yeah. helping this iconic brand launch crayons that reflect the skin colors of today in a way that would make a difference for today's kids the inner children that many of us need to heal as well as helping teachers have the literal tools to
7: help children in classrooms as well yeah i love it oh great question <laughs> um i need to think about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because it doesn't happen every day. And that is mm-hmm. what, it's so daunting to me. Like, that's, it's such, it's so surprising yeah. that we don't experience, this is something that we should experience daily. Yes. Right? Yes. To have that, to feel that special care. But actually, you know what? I have an example. Okay. Um, this is my my bank. Okay. I needed to set up a new account for, you know, for my business. And now everything banking in Norway is online. Okay. And it was really hard to, for some reason, there they had some technical issues, didn't work, and I was complaining about it. And for me, I had no hopes of actually speaking to someone, but someone reached out to me oh, yeah. to tell me that we're so sorry that we're experienced this issue. And they followed up every single day with me to make sure that i you know that it was in place to make sure that they were letting me know that they were working on it and they were so sorry that it was taking time and every single you know they were checking in to see you know if can you let us know when it has been put in place mm-hmm. and to me that was such i i really felt that they cared about me as a yes as a customer you i felt seen i yeah. felt valued someone actually took the time out of their busy schedule to give me a call and check up on me. That is, is, and it doesn't take much, but it's, no. a, I think it's a great example yeah. of that special customer care that you, that we don't see so much anymore. Yeah. And it's the easiest thing to do.
0: All right, I hope you love those stories as much as I did. Um, just real quick, I'll give you an example of a time where I felt like I belonged or a brand demonstrated to me that I belonged with them. And it was a very recent example, whenever Jonathan and I went to go eat at this restaurant called Cooper's Hawk. And I knew in advance that they had a pretty good selection of gluten-free items on the menu because I had checked it out in advance. And their gluten-free menu is quite substantial. And I was just really eager to try it. So anyway, we went, we had a little date and we, we went to this restaurant. Jonathan is also gluten-free now too. And we, I mean, they brought bread to the table. They brought gluten-free bread to the table and it was warm and it was delicious. And just the small gesture of, I mean, nine out of 10 times or 9.5 out of 10 times whenever I go to a restaurant, I can't eat the bread that they put on the table most places don't have gluten-free bread available for people who, you know, are avoiding gluten, right? So um, just the fact that this restaurant, not only did they have this extensive gluten-free menu, but they took the time to make gluten-free bread and brought it to the table. I mean, I just felt so seen. I felt so quote unquote normal as a restaurant goer. And I just really appreciate it. And so the common thread for me with this experience of mine, as well as all the other experiences that you heard about from the guests, is it's really just about making people feel seen. Making people who generally feel unseen, people who generally feel like they don't belong or who have a long history of feeling like they've been ignored by brands. Whenever a brand takes the time to just make them feel valued, make them feel cared for, make them feel like the the brand is being intentional about going out of their way to ensure that these consumers feel seen, supported, and like they belong. So the thing that I want you to take away from this episode is that sometimes it's just the little things. It's not like these grand, over-the-top gestures Sometimes it's just the smallest things that send the right and important signal that people are seen and that you get them, like you understand them at a deep core level, that you have a deep degree of customer intimacy for them and you've taken steps to actually incorporate um, that intimacy in the experiences that you deliver. So I'm super curious to hear what your thoughts are on some of these stories, or even if you have your own story that you'd like to share about belonging or a time where a brand has made you feel like you belong as a consumer, feel free to share. You can send your stories in written format. You can email them to me. You can shoot me a DM um, on social media, shoot me a voice message. I would just love, love, love to hear your stories and hear about if any of these resonated with you. That's it for today's episode. I would so appreciate it if you liked it, if you would share it with a friend, colleague in your network, and leave a rating review for it in your podcast player of choice. All that really does go a long way towards helping more people discover the show, which I love to think helps more of us practice inclusivity and make more people feel like they belong. Also, if you are not getting the Inclusion and Marketing newsletter, definitely let's remedy that. Go to inclusionandmarketing.com slash newsletter and you can get signed up. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes for you um, so you can access it easily. All right. Until next time, remember everyone, everyone, everyone deserves to have a place where they belong. Let's use our individual and collective power to ensure more people feel like they do. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you soon.